This is the Christian Fellowship Guild podcast show. Today is Friday, March 27th, 2020. The title of our first devotion was Unified in Jesus. We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. I remember a science demonstration I saw when I was in middle school. Our teacher dumped all types of different metal shavings onto a table. Some of the shavings were iron, iron, some were steel, some were aluminum, and some were tin. Then the teacher brought out a powerful magnet and passed it over the metal. All of the metals that were magnetic were lifted up and brought together. The metals that were not magnetically charged stayed on the table. Something similar happens spiritually when God puts his spirit inside of us at the point of salvation. We are magnetized. As a result, all kinds of different people are brought together by the magnetic power of the Spirit of God. This is how, quote, every tribe and tongue and people and nation can gather around the throne, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. There are many differences, but one God. There are many things that separate us, but there is one thing that brings us together. We are unified in the Spirit of God. This is why we can experience love, joy, mercy, compassion, and unity. Jesus unites us in a way that we could never experience apart from him. We can, for instance, be like-minded. This doesn't mean that we always think the same thing, but it means that we are on the same team. We are one in Christ because he brought us together through the power of his Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for the unity you provide to your children. May I live with the peace and joy that you give through Jesus. In Jesus' holy name, amen. The title of today's Couples Devotional is Godly Wisdom and Discipline. Uh, The scripture reading is all over Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, chapter 13, verse 24, chapter 15, verse 13, chapter 17, verse 22, chapter 22, verse 15, and chapter 29, verse 15, with the key verse being chapter 15, verse 13. It says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Parenting is an overwhelming task, and how to disciple our children is one of the most perplexing aspects of the job. Fortunately, as you saw in today's scripture reading, the book of Proverbs contains some specific verses which offer good biblical principles for raising our children. We often feel we are in a tug-of-war between child and parent. The natural tendency is to throw in the towel and give up. Far too often we have seen parents who have given up this task to gently yet firmly shape their child's will as would a trainer of a wild animal or as the potter would a piece of clay. In his book, The Strong-Willed Child, James Dobson offers this insight. It is obvious that children are aware of the contests of wills between generations, and that is precisely why the parental response is so important. When a child behaves in a way in ways that are disrespectful or harmful to himself or others, his hidden purpose is often to verify the stability of the boundaries. This testing has much the same function as a policeman who turns doorknobs at places of businesses after dark. Though he tries to open doors, he hopes they are locked and secure. Likewise, a child who assaults the loving authority of his parents is greatly reassured when their leadership holds firm and confident. He finds his greatest security in a structured environment where the rights of other people and his own are protected by definite boundaries. It takes godly wisdom to provide this kind of security. How do we set and maintain stable boundaries? 
First, we must know that there is a difference between abuse and discipline. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24 tells us that if we truly love our children, we will discipline them diligently. Abuse is unfair, extreme, and degrading. Such action doesn't grow out of love, but from hate. Abuse leads to a soiled self-image that often lasts a lifetime. Discipline, on the other hand, upholds the child's worth and is fair and fitting for the infraction. Second, we must be sure the child understands the discipline he is to receive. When we discipline Jenny and Brad, we spend a lot of time with them discussing what they did and making sure they understood what the infraction was. We realize that every child is different, so that the way you approach each one will be through your knowledge of that particular child. On occasion, when a sterner approach was necessary, we did give spankings. They were firmly applied to the beefy part of the buttocks, and they did hurt. Spankings were few and far between, though, and when they did occur, they were never given in anger, and afterward we talked again with the children about why they were disciplined and how they would behave differently in the future. One of the main purposes of discipline in our home was to have the child realize that he or she is responsible for his actions and must be accountable for his or her behavior. Since every child is different, the methods of discipline will vary according to temperament. In our day, we didn't have time out. However, we found this to be a very good technique, and we use it with our grandchildren very effectively. Whatever the type of discipline the infraction warranted, we always ended in prayer plus warm hugs and assuring words. This form of correction strengthens the child's spirits, spirit and helps him or her know the boundaries. Our love and concern for our kids and their well-being created the created stronger motivation for them to behave according to our family's conduct and behavior standards. Third, when we discipline our children, we want to shape rather than crush our children's spirit. As Proverbs chapter 15 verse 13 teaches, you can look into the eyes of children around you to see those who are being crushed and those being shaped. Our goal as parents is to provide our children with solid direction and self-assurance that will see them throughout life. The child who is shaped with loving and firm discipline Will have a love for life but a crushed spirit produces a child with no hope for the future fourth our discipline must be balanced we don't want to be so rigid that we don't allow our children to make mistakes or so loose that family members are bouncing off the walls trying to find their boundaries children must know where the boundaries are and what the consequences are if they choose to go beyond these limits in scripture we read about physical discipline the writer of the Proverbs says, for instance, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 15. Of course, none of us wants to risk being an abusive parent, but hear what Dr. Dobson says about the importance of a child being able to associate wrongdoing with pain. If your child has ever bumped his arm against a hot stove, you can bet he'll never deliberately do that again. He does not become a more violent person because the stove burnt him. In fact, he learned a valuable lesson from the pain. Similarly, when he falls out of his high chair or smashes his finger in the door or is bitten by a grumpy dog, he learns about physical dangers in his world. These bumps and bruises throughout childhood are nature's way of teaching him what to fear. They do not damage his self-esteem. They do not make him vicious. They merely acquaint him with reality. In like manner, an appropriate spanking from a loving parent provides the same service. It tells him there are not only physical dangers to be avoided, but he must steer clear of some social traps as well. Selfishness, defiance, dishonesty, unprovoked aggression, etc. Fifth, as you discipline your children, be consistent in your approach. Here are some guidelines. 
First, make sure there is a clear understanding of the rules. Second, discipline in private. If you're in a public setting, wait until you can be alone. Third, review the infraction and its consequences. Fourth, be firm in your discipline. Five, assure your child of your love and concern. Sixth, hug your child after each disciplinary moment. And finally, end your session with a time of prayer. Give your child an opportunity to pray as well. As we look back over our child-rearing years, we realize we made plenty of mistakes. But when we did, we always tried to be the first to admit them to our children. So even though you'll miss the mark occasionally, you will still be moving in a proper direction of discipline, administered in love. Your children want to know their boundaries. Setting and enforcing clear boundaries is a gift of love to them that results in security and self-assurance they can carry through life. Let's pray. Father God, you know that we want for our children what is best for them. Give us the patience to get to know each of our children. Give us the patience to get to know each of our children individually and then grant us the wisdom to know what kind of discipline will be most effective for each. Help us to be effective parents who train our children to love and serve you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Some action points. First, do you have a clear direction regarding the goal of your children's discipline? If not, spend some time today thinking about it and write down some of your ideas. Second, review these ideas with your mate. Third, tell each member in your family today that you love him or her and give specific reasons why. And finally, take a poll tonight at dinner. Ask each family member what's the best thing that happened to you today. This will give you some insight into your children. Parents must participate as well. Some further reading. Mark chapter 12 verse, verses 28 through 31. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 5 and 6. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. And Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. So as I've stated in uh, this week's episodes, um, this whole coronavirus thing has kind of put a hamper on society, more or less. Um, again, as I, I've mentioned before, I'm, I guess, temporarily laid off. Temporarily laid off. Um, not because of, like I've said before, not because of a lack of work ethic or, you know, poor behavior or anything like that. It's just the business that I work in, um, business has drastically slowed down to the point where being the last one hired, I was the first one to be let go, basically. Um, uh, I've been, you know, praying that, you know, this ends quickly with everybody practicing social distancing and self-quarantine, um, that I might be able to go back to work where I was working. Um, if not, God has made it so that my employer is more than willing to give me uh, a good reference, you know, good work ethic, on always on time, um, always willing to learn. Um, if you guys would like to get a hold of me, either for a uh, prayer list or just a general conversation outside the podcast, uh, you can send me an email at christianfellowshipguild at gmail.com. Again, that's Christian fellowship guild at gmail.com if you can you can go over to the facebook page and that's christian fellowship guild um the email is over there as well or you can directly message over there um besides that i hope you guys have a blessed day and i'll talk to you in the next episode